Holy God, thank you for your graciousness in meeting us here today. Holy, there is none beside thee. There is no one like thee. To those this morning, Lord, who are seeking, may their eyes be opened to your glorious presence. And Lord, through the word or in spite of my speaking, be glorified today. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. I struggle at times in our culture because I don't always understand what it is to have honor. Yeah, I haven't forgotten about you. Don't go anywhere. Come here. I haven't forgotten. He's just standing up here hanging out. I struggle at times because I think we've lost sight of the word honor, especially if we come with a background that doesn't um, practice that or, or respect that. Um, but today is all about honoring Jesus. Sometimes we honor the Lord with our words. Sometimes we honor the Lord with our actions. Ideally, we would couple those two things together where our, our lives would honor the Lord. And uh, Keith is in a unique spot. Well, you're here at Bemis Point today. <laughs> um, I've known a friend of mine is Rick Roll, and Pastor Rick uh, used to pastor in um, Praise Fellowship in uh, Russell, PA. And he formed this organization called ISA, International Sports Academy. And I'm personally grateful to Rick for what ISA has done, not just here on American soil, but what it's doing all around the world. And uh, one of the things that they're doing is they're taking people from America with expertise in the medical field and in uh, education and in different way, in different areas of expertise and bringing them to other parts of the country so they can minister and serve others. But ISA really uses sports to reveal the gospel to people. And Keith, in uh, about 10 days, 12 days, is uh, headed to Africa, right? Where are you going in Africa? Uh, we're going to Kenya. We need a microphone for this man. Otherwise, those guys online can't hear us. <laughs> we're going to Kenya. You're going to Kenya. Right. Okay, perfect. And what are you going to be doing in Kenya? Uh, you know, a lot of education. Uh, it turns out that the people of, of Kenya... Um, uh, there are a lot of uh, beliefs, uh, maybe superstitions, are, and our focus is women's health. Yeah. So we're taking nurses, midwives, a, a doula, myself. Um, uh, so they have a lot of uh, practices and beliefs around women's health, especially that yeah. aren't necessarily effective. Yeah. Um, so uh, our focus is going to be a lot of education. We're going to give out some over-the-counter medications, those kind of things. But yeah. education is the key. Yeah. I remember when I was in uh, Uganda, one of the things that we worked hard to communicate was to break down some of the superstitions that if someone was having a seizure, it was understood that they were actually possessed by a demon. And that if you touched that person while they were having a seizure, that the demon would transfer from that individual to you. And we had to work to educate that that was a superstition and not actually real and who they are in Christ. And well, we want to we send you off well. 
And the only way we can send you off well, what, is there some needs that you have that we could come alongside of before we send you off well? Um, you know, this is the first, sort of the first medical mission that with the ISA. Yeah. So um, organization has been a little bit difficult and really um, pinpointing what we're going to be doing with which people we're going to be doing it with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just, I think, um, safety once we get there yep. and organization and uh, just bringing people to us, you know, or, or vice yeah. versa. Great. Uh, you know, one other thing, you've been on mission trips before. I have not. You have not. No. Oh, you're in for a treat. Uh, <laughs> take the plan that you have now and just <laughs> boot yeah. that baby and watch what God does. Uh, one of the things that um, was most helpful for me, I'm not a real touchy-feely person. I know that might come across, you're like, wait a minute, Pastor Joe does give hugs. That's a fairly new thing. Uh, but one of the things that was... I'm, gonna sh- I'm shaking your hand. This is me shaking your hand. And this is how this often happens when I was in Africa, is they didn't, Africans didn't let go. And they talked, and while they were talking, they were holding. Gotcha. Sometimes for five or eight or ten minutes. Yeah, it's awkward. It, yeah, it got past <laughs> awkward about five seconds in, didn't it? Um, so there, I just gave you maybe a nugget of gold. Don't let go and just embrace whatever God is doing. Uh, But we want to send you off in uh, the best way that we know how and the only way that we really can as a church is spiritually uh, deploying you for the ministry and whatever it is that God has. Um, He's used you uh, in our our community and in worship and now he's going to use you and others around the world and uh, to bring hope and healing uh, because when we give someone a little bit of knowledge of who God is, it changes everything. So uh, I'm going to pray for Keith. If you'd be comfortable just laying a hand forward or reaching a hand forward, um, we're going to pray over this man and the team. I know that uh, you're in good hands uh, with God, not with Rick. No, and with Rick. But, uh, you know, Jesus. hmm. Sometimes it's scary, Lord, going and doing things that we've never done before. But as uh, Keith prayed earlier, where your spirit is, there you are. And Lord, you are all over and in all things and through all things. And God, I pray that you would give Keith and this team of uh, nurses and uh, physicians and those with medical knowledge, I pray that you would fill them to overflowing with your Holy Spirit, that they would have the mind of Christ Lord, that the knowledge that you have given them would be transferred to others. But God, not that they would only experience life here on earth, but that they would be entrusted with eternal life. So God, fill Keith to overflowing. Give him a sense of peace and a sense of courage and a sense of duty and a sense of honor for what he has been called to. And Lord, may he uh, report back all the great things he has done because of your work through him. Lord, not that he or others are glorified, but that you might be glorified so that you might draw all people unto yourself. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. You're off. If you have questions, I'm sure Keith would uh, love to spend a couple minutes with you after the service and, uh, you know, share a little bit of what he knows. He'll have more to share when he gets back. Um, we, uh, 
we talked a little bit about what we're doing here in our community earlier with the Thanksgiving giveaway. And uh, my friend Mike Martin, oh, there he is, wearing his Bill's gear. That's so strange to see you in Bill's gear. I was all ready to, to cheer him on today at 1 o'clock, and somebody says not till later tonight. I'm truly not a diehard Bills fan, evidently. You didn't come to talk about Buffalo, though, did you? I mean, I could. I could talk all day. That's not why you came today, though. You came to <laughs> no, talk about... <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I'm here to just update you on where we're at on the Thanksgiving giveaway. Um, last week, as you know, Tom mentioned that we needed some trailers. Uh, we had a great response to that, so we are good on trailers. So thank you to all that responded to that. Um, but where we really need your help right now is bags. We need lots of bags. Actually, we still need 1,237 bags, to be exact. So, so you're telling me we've packed about 50 so far? No, we've packed like 13. Oh, well. But the good news is we're beating conduits, so we're doing good there still. So, um, but yeah, we really need help with the bags. And so if you got, feel free to start bringing them in and uh, bringing them in any time. Um, there's people here at the church every day except for Friday and Saturday. Um, like I said, you can bring them down to Trinity Electric if you'd like to. We're there every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Um, so I've, pe some people have asked about what are frozen rolls, crescent rolls, something like that, you know. Feel free to bring them anytime. We have lots of fridge space here that we can store them. Um, so that's not a problem, bring them anytime. Um, but what another thing that I'd like you guys to do is pray for the event. Um, yeah. I feel like this event can be so much more than it is already, than just giving a meal. And God has really been placing on my heart that we need to make this more spiritual than it is already. I don't exactly know how we'll do that yet, but that's what I feel like we need to do. So if, if you guys feel that you want to volunteer for this, you know, pray what God wants you to do, whether it's just like Larry Nelson last year, he was great at just talking to people and in witnessing to them. This is a great witnessing event, too, as well. So that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. I know how to do what you mentioned, not sure of what to do yet. You mentioned, like, how do we do the spiritual? We're not sure of where to start with that. We're going to start today. Uh, and, and here's a, a three-week challenge for you. We have, it's the 30th. We have 21 days until we give away these turkeys. 21st. 20, the 21st, the 19th, whatever day yeah, we're giving away. I know. We're giving them away in, in, in a while here. Yes. <laughs> Would you commit to praying every day? Not just, please, do me a favor. Don't pray for the turkeys. Don't pray for the stuffing. Don't pray for the food. Pray that people would receive spiritual food. Yep. That the bread of life would come into their lives and they would be hungry no more. And that the, the, the juice, the blood of the lamb would purify folks from all uncleanliness. We're going to feed them a meal, but we want to give them spiritual food. And if you begin praying today, the Lord says that he is faithful when we come and we ask. So let's do that. For the next three weeks, let's pray every day. I'll commit to that. My early morning discipline of prayer, I'll commit to praying. Mike will commit to praying, and will you commit to praying? And we want to hear what God is revealing to you in that as well, because God does that. Tell us how God's going to move. And see what God does. We'll invite Conduit and our, our, our friends in ministry at Busti also to come alongside this 21-day initiative of, of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and see how God moves through the giving away of Thanksgiving meals, but of also the giving away of the bread of life. Mike, thanks for all your work. Yeah. And Tammy. Yeah, let's give them a hand again. 
And we know that the real, the real person behind the scenes is Maddie. So thank you, Maddie. She's the real boss. That's right. Um, prayer is something that we oftentimes, we like sprinkle it here and there, right? It's something that we, um, and oftentimes we're not comfortable with, with praying. But prayer, prayer is a, a dialogue with your heavenly father and it's a way of, of life, ultimately, in communication and communion with him. You know, it was uh, asked of Mother Teresa uh, what she does in prayer, what she says in prayer. And she said, nothing, I'm just listening. And, uh, well, the follow-up question is kind of logical, too, right? Well, what is God saying to you? Nothing right now. <laughs> We're just together. It's not always about speaking, but it definitely is about positioning our heart towards our Heavenly Father and being faithful in that. Let's see what God does. We know that when uh, we petition Almighty God that he's always faithful. You know, um, over the next several weeks, we're launching a new sermon series titled Face to Face. And uh, I just think that it's really appropriate for today. You know, you don't have to we can't get back yesterday. So if you're one who's trying to relive the glory days, we should probably stop reliving the glory days. And we aren't guaranteed tomorrow. But Jesus made this really cool statement to a, a small man with a big heart. He said, today, today will be your day of salvation. And, you know, people ask me, they, people love to hear the stories, you know, especially in the, in, the, in, the church, in the church culture, in the church world. They love to hear the stories of when we got saved, right? Tell me when you came to Christ. And I do have a narrative of my first recollection of that. But most recently, I came to Christ this morning at 4.59 a.m. And I said, Jesus, this is the day that you have made I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Put me to whatever you will. Put me with whomever you will. Let me be laid aside for thee or lifted high for thee. Let me have everything or let me have nothing. But you, Jesus, be glorified in all things. And you know what he said back? Okay. Today I'm coming to your house. Let's go. You might uh, kind of be able to understand where we're going with our, uh, our first face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus. We're going to be looking to the Gospel of Luke, uh, and this week we're going to talk about a man who was small in stature but had a tremendous heart. And I want to do a little bit of teaching, so it's going to be a little bit different than it has in the past. But before we, we go any further, I want to uh, just invite you to pray for me. Is anybody willing, would somebody be willing to come up and pray for me? I won't want to call you out. Come on up here. That's Dave, I think. Dave, come on up. I'd like to invite Dave. Well, he volunteered. I guess I didn't invite him. I did invite, and Dave responded uh, to pray for me this morning. I love it when others pray for me. You've sent, so many of you have been so kind with your words and your thoughts over the, the course of October. Um, and the greatest thing that you've given myself and Pastor Tom is prayer. So would you pray for me this morning? Thanks. 
Lord, watch over Pastor Joe. Let him show us the guidance that Jesus gives us in our lives every day. Let us open our hearts and help others and look to what we can do as Pastor Joe has instructed us and guided us. Uh, give him strength in his message. Amen. Amen. Thank you. August 29th, 2013. I read this fun fact and I thought it would, uh, would be a great starter for us. Uh, New York City came to a screeching halt, or at least the subway system did, the B and C lines, when two kittens were found on the subway. True story. They shut it right down. And those, they had to shut it down because those two kittens were next to the third line, which was the main power line. Talk to Mike Martin about what happens to somebody that touches main power lines or some animal. That's not good. It's not, it's not good. So they shut the system down for a couple of hours. And what began to take place was this mad dash to find these kittens so they could open the subway system again. Can you imagine if you were one of the people who had to get from point A to point B and you were going to use the subway and you were under a time crunch and you found out they had shut the rail system down for kittens? I'm not asking you what your response would have been because I don't want your neighbors to start stoning anybody. But it invoked this, this spirit of just division as people from all different sides of things started to weigh in on the conversation. The animal rights activists were extremely proud of the people, wished they'd have done more when they fired it back up after two hours. Those who didn't necessarily care about the rights of the animals were very annoyed that they would shut the system down and cause them any kind of disturbance. I mean, you can imagine the political scene when the news came out that the president let the cat out of the bag. No, that didn't really happen. But people would go to great lengths to determine, were they really worth it? For two kittens. Jesus uh, says something about you. That each and every one of you is worth it. And that he desires a divine encounter with you today. The Gospel of Luke uh, unpacks uh, a story, a recording actually, really happened I believe, of a man named Zacchaeus. You know the story, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Uh, you're getting doing great. And as a passed him by he looked up in the tree and he said Zacchaeus you come down from there for I'm going to your house tomorrow today yeah you got it that's the story I want where is Kaylee in the house Kaylee well that I guess Kaylee didn't teach you guys that but our children's ministry pro your kids your grandkids they know that story they know that they know the song right you know the song I'm hoping that we go a little bit deeper than the, than the children's narrative of it because I think there's a lot more actually here than just that. But if you miss everything else, for I'm going to your house today. 
right now. The Lord desires to meet with you today. Today. And uh, the Gospel of Luke records in the 19th chapter 10 verses that will change our lives if we allow the Spirit of God to bring to life the Word of God. So would you uh, read with me, or follow along at least, it's on page 743 in your pew hymnals. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Circle the crowd in there, if you would. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, can I just pause for a moment? It is uh, October. It's fall, and some of us are spending time in the woods. And it's like when that whitetail walks by. If you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Jesus walking along, doing his thing. And then there's a man in the tree. Zacchaeus. I wonder how he knew his name, but I've got an answer for that, I think. Come down immediately. For I must stay at your house today. It says, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. A face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. Over the last few days I had the... You know, I'm, I'm getting older, I think, because I'm starting to appreciate some of the things that my parents used to talk about appreciating... And I really am like the progressive commercials turning into my father. (laughs) Well, yesterday I learned some new words. And I thought maybe I could share them with you, okay? Uh, I learned the word, the term, bussin'. Yeah, that's right. This pizza is really bussin'. (laughs) Right? Some of you are like, wait a minute. What happened to Pastor Joe? And I learned uh, that we shipped a couple That's right. The rest of you are looking at me like, what in the world is this guy doing? I'm not speaking tongues. I'm speaking English. And I tried over the next several days to figure out how to use this language that I was learning. Bussin means good, I guess. And shipped means you think these two people could be in a relationship together. I don't know. That's what happens when you have daughters. But my oldest daughter, who doesn't lead me astray, said this to me. She came up to me uh, yesterday afternoon and she said, Dad... It's very important that you learn the language and then that you never, ever, ever speak it again. (laughs) 
And I, in a moment, the Lord said, this is it right here. This is your nugget of gold, Joe, for the weekend. As Christians, we need to know what is going on in our culture. We don't need to speak what's going on in the culture necessarily, the way that the culture speaks. But we need to know what's going on in the culture so that we can reveal what's going on today. And Zacchaeus understood a couple of things that the man in the previous chapter did not. And this is where I want to teach just for a moment. If you've got your Bibles, turn back one page or at least find chapter 18, okay? And um, Jesus at this time is making the entrance into, into um, Jericho and he'll be going to Jerusalem. And what's going to happen when he's in Jerusalem? We're towards the end of the Gospel of Luke, by the way. That should give you a little clue. He, he's about to be crucified. The end is coming. So he's moving physically. He's moving into that position. And Jericho was a very wealthy city. A lot of things were happening in Jericho. Uh, tax collection is something that you should probably be at least somewhat aware of. Tax collection, uh, the tax collectors, they were responsible for gathering the taxes from the people. And then they would turn it into the people who had sent them out. And oftentimes, in the process of collecting taxes, they would extort people and take extra money, right? And the people had to give it. You can see where this system could become very corrupt very quickly. Well, Jesus tells a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector who enter the temple and pray. And then at the end of that chapter, well, not quite the end, middle of the chapter, I want to just share with you about the rich ruler. And I want to position that rich ruler against this new rich ruler who we just found, whose name is Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. He had great wealth. Listen to what Jesus says and to what the man with a big stature and little heart did versus what the man with little stature and a big heart did. It says, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? For no one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not commit murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, the ruler said. Jesus heard this and he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Instead, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked him, who then can be saved? And Jesus says, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter replies, we've left all that we had to follow you. Jesus tells Peter, I tell you the truth, no one has left, no one who has left home or wife or brother or parent or child for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, or eternal life. Zacchaeus responded a little bit differently than this other rich ruler, didn't he? 
You think back to the story of Nicodemus in John's gospel, who was a, a teacher of the law, who came under the guise of night or came under the, the cover of darkness to encounter Jesus so that others wouldn't see him. Zacchaeus craved something and went to great lengths to meet the Savior. You see, where there's a will, there is the way. Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore fig tree. Sycamore trees, this is just fun educational stuff, right? He's like a, like a big bowed uh, evergreen. Climbed up in the tree so he could see over top of the people. You know what um, men didn't do in Jericho in the first century? They didn't climb trees. Especially wealthy men. He didn't care what cultural standards there were. He was going to go to whatever length was needed to catch a glimpse of this person that he had heard about. What's in your way from seeing Jesus? What cultural norm is causing you a roadblock from experiencing the presence of the risen Christ? Is it your position in the community? Is it your family? Is it your church? You see, the scripture says that the crowds blocked his ability to see the Lord. You know what we've done poorly sometimes? The bride has blocked people's view of the king. I don't want to do that any longer, personally. So whenever the Lord reveals that my heart is in need of some surgery, I've learned to respond quickly and say, okay, Lord, I know this is probably going to hurt a little bit, but let's do it. The rich ruler thought he had it all figured out. Zacchaeus knew he didn't have it figured out. Both were seeking an answer. One was seeking affirmation. The other was seeking formation. And I think what happens oftentimes in the church culture is that our hearts actually get hardened inside the system. And rather than remaining tender and seeking, we become calloused and bruised. And we say, nope, we don't want that. So I first want to invite you to take a radical step. Move away from the crowd so that you can see the Lord again. I've told you about my covenant group, and I talk about them often for a few reasons. One is I love these men. I'd go to war with a lot of people. These guys would be right in the front with me. And um, I love them not because we have similar interests, because we couldn't really, we're so different. 
We're so different. I love them because of what the Lord has done in our lives. And I would really encourage you. Obviously, I can't make anybody do anything. But I would really encourage you to get a couple of people that you're going to surround yourself with. Not that you're just going to enjoy life with. I'm not talking about your drinking buddies. I'm not talking about the people you go out and you talk about just life and school and, you know, grandkids. That's all good stuff. And that all happens in our group. But I'm talking about people that you're going to go to the Word of God with. You're going to study the Scriptures together. You're going to invite to speak truth into your life so they can reveal the spots that are dark. So they can be the face of Jesus to you. A couple of weeks ago, one of them shared that uh, he was going on a silence retreat for eight days. I went, oh my gosh, I would die. And he asked me this question. He said, why do you think that'd be so tough for you? And I sat on it for a few days. And he said, are you afraid of what God might say in the silence? I'm like, no. I'm not afraid of anything. Except what God might say in the silence. Today, I'm going to your house. Today, he said. You see, our desire is not in line with God's desire apart from the grace of Jesus. This is where salvation is necessary, right? If you don't know Christ, I want to invite you today into a relationship with him. Because apart from Jesus, we have nothing. And our propensity to sin is so great that we can't actually ever escape it. And propensity just means you're you're determined to sin. You might not want to sin like that rich ruler, right? He said, I've kept all the commands. I've done it all. One thing you lack... Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. It doesn't say what his response was, so I want to be very clear about that. We can't add to the scriptures. We shouldn't take away from the scriptures either. It doesn't say what the rich ruler's response was. It just says that when he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. What we know about the short man with a big heart was that he had great wealth and that he gave it away in response to the salvation he was receiving. You see, we can't ever be in conflict with those two things. We're either with God or we're not. This is where it's a journey, a lifelong journey where we continue to walk closer and closer and closer with the Lord. And God is faithful. I first learned about this term provenient grace. It just means God's grace in our lives before we know God, okay? And you can kind of see this as you witness like spots in your life where you were not a friend of Jesus, but you were witnessing the things of God. Does that make sense? 
It's where God is chasing after you before you know you're being chased after, okay? And then all of a sudden, when you stop and you realize what's there, you're like, huh, and to our knees we fall. I ran into a young lady uh, yesterday who said to me, last Christmas, her son was deployed. Well, no, her son enlisted in the military. And she asked her Facebook friends to, to write him a card or a note. And Leslie and I uh, ministered to this kid when he was in youth. I mean, we watched this kid kind of grow up for years, and then I was appointed to a different church. And we kind of lost track, but every once in a while, we'd bump into his family. And uh, we sent him a card. And we told him that we were praying for him and that we believed that God would move through him if he'd allow God to do that, right? We, we, we spoke into his life. And his mom, we were at McDonald's in Cuba. Who meets at McDonald's in Cuba? I, I mean, there's, that's all there is in Cuba, I guess. And she says, Pastor Joe, and it took me a second, and I should probably have done better at this. I, I didn't have her name right on the tip of my tongue. I knew her last name, but I didn't have her first name. And she said, my son told me just the other day that he's a Christian because of what you said to him. That he's walking with the Lord today. Because God was chasing after him. And God's chasing after you today. And you want to know what the will of God is? You can see this right here in the story of Zacchaeus. Because some people say, well, what is the will of God? The will of God is that you would know who God is and that you would receive eternal life. John unpacks that for us. Jesus tells us that. He says it right here to this man, Zacchaeus, who was the vilest of offenders. Today, salvation has come to this house. God's will is that you would know him and then that you would share that with others. His desire is that none would perish, no, not one. I want to close out with a quote uh, that I read yesterday, so bear with me. It's a little bit lengthy, but I hope it blesses you like it blesses me. This salvation, this face-to-face encounter with Jesus that changes everything, it doesn't necessarily mean that the course of your life and the struggles that you're going to face are going to end. So please don't buy that garbage. But it does mean that in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear. For thou art with me. And that his rod and his staff comfort us. And that even though our table has been prepared in front of our enemies, that the cup runneth over in goodness In mercy, follow us all the days of our lives as we dwell in the house of the Lord God Almighty eternally. Today, Jesus is coming. He has a divine encounter with you right now. They said another of the impediments to the progress of the kingdom, so another obstacle to the movement of the kingdom of God is the enslaving prejudice that we know who people are and that they cannot change. In the wisdom of his years, a sophomore writes off a person who has disappointed him and let him down. A pastor gives up on a dead congregation. A coach 
assumes the player cannot make the team in spite of her desire to play the game, or an employer pigeonholes an employee on their first meeting. Over and over again, we hear the whisper of the crowd, he's a rich tax collector. Yeah, Jesus stopped for a single person. Today came for Zacchaeus because he wanted to see so badly that he ran and climbed a sycamore tree. Today, today can be filled with joy for you because God is still at work ushering in the kingdom because words of grace can still be spoken and forgiveness of sin can still be experienced. You're not too far gone, sinner. God loves you. What will you do with today? Jesus, thank you for your church. Lord, forgive us where we have been a stumbling block for others. And forgive us, Lord, where we have hardened our hearts against you. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, may we have the heart of the small man, the passion and the desire to seek after you. May we have the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that invites others to see you face to face as well. In the name of Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.